everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, we are doing another little AI-generated uh, story episode. So the little twist for today's episode is I basically plugged in the same opening um, sentence or phrase to begin our short story or novel. Um, and it produced a couple different stories just based off of that initial line. So basically the opening that I came up with was a night once roamed across the world's kingdoms in search for the most precious jewel known to man. So basically I just copied that, pasted it, into our little generators and, um, you know, just kind of let the technology work. I've been on a bit of like a little AI kick recently. If you've, you know, been following, <laughs> you know, the show for the last, uh, I mean, seems to me like at least a couple months, I've kind of just been fascinated by, you know, how incredible some of these tools are and yet how bad they um, still are to be honest um, so yeah so like I said all I did was I went ahead and plugged in that opening phrase and uh, I let the rest go to work so I've titled all of my beautiful pieces of AI generated art my masterpieces I've titled them uh, a night's quest which is probably already some, like, commercially licensed, you know, that's probably some IP somewhere, but, you know, don't sue me. I mean, I just came up with a name and, you know, just all for fun. So with that in mind, let's jump into our first AI-generated story. A knight once roamed across the world's kingdoms in search for the most precious jewel known to man. The legend goes that he was searching for the legendary Emerald of Purity, but what actually happened was much more complicated than that. The boy, who was from an ordinary family, found himself in a baron's castle along with his friend and sworn servant. The two were invited by the Baron to partake in a tournament and had been asked to bring their own weapons as well. Upon arriving to the castle, they saw how beautiful it was from afar and decided to explore the area first before the event commenced. They walked into the courtyard where they were greeted by a hulking beast with scales like emeralds, deep blue eyes, and wings like those of an angel. It seemed as if the creature was staring right at them, and the boys too soon realized why when, why, when they felt its gaze upon them. It's not quite my type, the Baron said to his guests as he motioned for them to proceed inside the mansion, but I'm sure you'll find something suitable. Inside the castle, they saw multiple people, all men with various types of weapons, armor, and other items. There were also several servants carrying equipment 
and looked heavy enough to be used as shields. The boy and his servant saw numerous knights who appeared to have already arrived and were waiting in line for their turn. They walked past the gates and entered the castle proper. Galena took note of the baron's men, noticing that they were in dire need of training. She was already impressed with some of the fighter's skills, but she saw others who appeared to be less experienced than her, or even uncoordinated. The boy and his servant continued exploring the castle and its grounds while they waited for their turn to participate in a tournament. Soon the doors opened again, signaling the start of the event. Let's go, one of the barons shouted. I've seen enough of your skills, Sir Knight. Now, it's time for you to prove yourself worthy. In the name of Lord Darren and the kingdom, attack. The crowd cheered as each knight started moving around with his weapon in hand. Galena watched as the knights began engaging in battle with one another. Some were more skilled than others, but none were able to defeat any of their opponents. Hmm. The only way to beat these champions is with brute force. A woman sniggered as she approached the boy. And you certainly look like you can handle yourself. Come, let me show you how it's done. You must be new here. Let me introduce myself. I am Lady Dorla, the Baroness of this castle. I will be your opponent today. Lady Dorla smiled as she reached for the boy's sword. You must be very lucky to have been chosen as the winner of this tournament. However, you won't last long against me. I doubt anyone else could beat me either. The boy rolled his eyes and readied himself for a fight. He swung his sword at Dorla, but she easily dodged it with a smile. She then lunged forward, slashing at him with her bladed hands. The boy blocked her attacks with ease and parried each of her blows. After a few minutes of continuous battle, he finally managed to land a hit on Lady Dorla. But the Baroness quickly recovered and struck back with a slash of her own. The boy was forced to block and counterattack, making sure he would not get a second strike. She would not get a second strike. Yeah, he would not get a second strike. After a short moment of silence, the Baron came out from behind the desk. Congratulations, Sir Knight. You have defeated Lady Dorla the greatest warrior and champion in our kingdom. Lady Dorla glared at the Baron before turning to the boy. You're pretty good. Much better than most of us here. If you ever decide to challenge me again, don't expect to come out unscathed. Your life might be forfeit after all. Yeah, yeah. You hear that, everyone? This young man is no pushover. I guess we should have expected nothing less from someone who has the power of a dragon at his disposal. Yes, yes, now I think about the time. Now I think it's about time you leave. We have some things to do, which includes your punishment. What sort of punishment are we talking about? Dorla looked at the Baron with a grin. 
Don't worry, I won't kill you. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. But I will use your body to entertain the guests. We're going to throw you into the dungeons so that you can serve as a living, breathing, whipping post for the men to throw tomatoes at and use as target practice. That's horrible. Why would you do such a thing? Why indeed? I'll tell you why. It's because you're a wizard. You have the potential to become a powerful ally, but you must prove yourself first. Galena shook her head in response. Okay. Yeah, the story takes a turn here, I guess. Or it's not really worth it. It means you will never be able to bear children, not even if you marry someone. All the power in the universe cannot change the fact that you will remain barren. Yeah. Galena raised her left arm and placed her hand over the mouth, trying to hold back her tears. Now you may wonder how you can become strong enough to stop me from doing this to you. Well, I'll take care of that. You see, I have a few friends who are willing to help you grow stronger. Of course, you have to do your part too. And for now, I think it's about time you make a decision as to whether you wish to live or die. Galena turned her attention to the crystal dragon. Her eyes were red with rage as she raised her hand high above her head. I'll kill you. I swear by the name of my goddess, I shall end your miserable existence. <laughs> As the dragon readied itself for battle, Galena closed her eyes and focused on her mana, M-A-N-A. -A. I don't know if it meant mana or mana. <laughs> the crystal dragon stood tall, knowing that it was about to be destroyed. Galen shouted as she threw a blast of wind at the dragon. Her spell worked in destroying the crystal dragon's wings. The beast then turned around and flew to a nearby building. Here's a little, just a little pause in the story. The AI generation starts by saying in this sentence, or in this paragraph, her spell worked in destroying the crystal dragon's wings but then followed it up with the beast, then turned around and flew to a nearby building. Okay, let's continue the story. Galena followed the dragon to the rooftop, ready to continue battling the monster. I've got you now, Galena yelled, as she held her staff in front of her, preparing for the dragon's next move. A roar from the dragon sounded from the other side of the building. Galena quickly jumped off the roof and landed on the ground with her feet planted firmly. She then ran forward and leaped on top of the dragon, using her staff to pin its head down. Okay, you can stop struggling now, Galena said as she pushed the dragon's head upwards. Just give up and surrender. The dragon didn't respond. Galena had to admit that it was smart enough not to try and escape. Instead, it stared at the witch with its cold, bloodshot eyes. It knew what the witch was capable of and did not want to test her abilities. 
Fine, fine. You win. Galena slowly lowered the dragon's head to the ground. You're too stubborn to believe in anything else but your own power, aren't you? Alright, if you refuse to listen to me, I'll make sure to ask one of my men of this castle to do it instead. Just wait until they break you. With that, Galena turned around and walked away from the crystal dragon. The dragon remained silent for a while before it released a loud roar. It wasn't happy with the results of the battle thus far. Galena turned to, the fa to face the dragon again, only to find that it was gone. And that was the first short story. I have one more. <laughs> I'm curious to know what you thought about that first one. I didn't think it was too bad. I think overall it kind of captured somewhat of the spirit that I was going for, which was like this, you know, this quest, you know, of a knight. <laughs> and um, it obviously invoked some interesting elements like a crystal dragon. I think the name generation was pretty good. Lady Dorla, Galena. You know, like interesting names, like you can imagine you know, a novel or a movie or a movie based on a novel with, you know, this kind of like adventure element, old times or mythical kind of creatures. So in terms of that, I think it did some things pretty well, but obviously in terms of a cohesive story, like at one point we're talking about a boy with a servant who explores the castle, then all of a sudden, you know, we are focused on Lady Dorla and her interaction with this boy. Lady Dorla basically just disappears, as does the boy from our story. For then, Galena, who we're never formally introduced to, you know, for her to come in and kind of take over the story. Then we learn that Galena is, I guess, a witch or a wizard. So, what can we say? Some very interesting elements, for sure. I'm going to... Alright, let's move on to story two. Today I'm a bit short on time, unfortunately. So, I want to make sure we get through it. So, story two, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode... It's the same prompt, so let's see where it goes. A knight once roamed across the world's kingdoms in search for the most precious jewel known to man. He was a hero. There was never a battle he did not win. He lived in a quaint town with his faithful dog, Gwynny. He would have an adventure every day, and he never failed to come home for dinner every night. He had a town full of friends and family. He had money and fame. But most of all, he had love. Then, one day, a stranger appeared in his hometown. The man walked into town with bright red hair, an eye patch, armor covering him from head to toe, and a set of keys in his hand. He was a thief, a jack-of-all-trades, 
The townspeople loved the thief as much as they hated him. In fact, they loved him so much that they cheered when he took someone's stuff, but only cheered harder when they captured him and tossed him in jail. The young men had no idea they had been captured and that he had been set up. He had no idea that he was a stranger's target. As a thief sat on a straw mat in the jail, he heard the doors open and slammed shut. The stranger entered the jail and said, I'm ready to go. The thief did not know what was about to happen to him. He did not know why the stranger would want him dead. He did not understand anything at all. At all. <laughs> in fact, as the stranger walked to the barrel cell, the barred cell, the only thing he could think of was how happy Gwynny would be when she saw him. Gwynny lived outside of, outside of town with her owner, the town's mayor. She loved her owner and looked after him, but she loved her owner even more than that. She would stand outside his door every night until her owner would come home. But if he did not come home, she would sit outside his door for as long as it took her to wait for him to come home. She was always there when he got home, her tail wagging, her nose sniffing around the door. As a stranger walked into the cell, Gwynny saw him and said, Daddy, Daddy's home. The stranger smiled as he saw the pure happiness in Gwynny's face. He said, I'm glad to see you, Gwynny. But don't think that's the end of your story. The stranger walked over to the bars of the cell. He picked up a rock from the floor. The cell had a set of bars, but the bars were on the inside of the cell. The stranger held the rock above his head, paused for a moment, then swung the rock at the bars. As he hit the wall of the cell, the stranger said, I'm going to break free of these bars. As soon as I do, you're going to get out, and we're going to fight. <laughs> it's just like so good. It's like so ridiculous. As the thief looked on in horror, he knew this was not how he expected the story to end. He said, okay, let's do it. The stranger swung the rock at the bars once more. This time the rock hit the wall with a loud clang. As the man touched the wall, Gwynny ran around the cell, excited and ready to get inside. I'm free. Let's go. As Gwynny ran around the cell, the stranger felt that everything was happening in slow motion. Um, the cell bars fell to the ground. The thieves ran through the bars and out of the cell. Gwenny ran into her owner's arms, and the pair celebrated their freedom. The story of a thief shows that hard work, being smart, and being persistent can make you very rich. But if you're not careful, you can also end up losing everything you've worked for. Uh, the story of the princess shows that if you find a special man to love you, and if you work hard to be with him, he will reward you with happiness and love.
Okay. Strange. Very strange ending. Definitely I would rate the second little short story generated to be uh, not quite as cohesive. I think that's probably fair to say. How it is that we go from, again, a knight and, you know, this again, the the whole premise is supposed to be an adventure surrounding, you know, a knight's quest to find the most precious jewel in the world. And in this second story, we didn't really get a knight, per se. We got a thief. What was kind of interesting was we have the protagonist, which I thought was the knight initially, has a dog named Gwynny. And then, like, five or six sentences later, it's that Gwynny is actually the thief's dog. But then it says that Gwynny is actually the mayor's dog. So is the mayor, the thief, and the knight. You know, I mean, anything is possible, of course. But, yeah, not quite as cohesive. And then at one point it was talking about how Gwynny was in the sale in, excuse me, in the cell or just outside the cell waiting for the thief to break free but then the thief addresses someone else to say, let's fight so, all in all kind of a strange story but we're here for it and I have one more one more relatively short, but let's just say it let's do it a knight once roamed across the world's kingdoms in search for the most precious jewel known to man. That jewel was the magical jewel known as the Firestone, a jewel said to have the power to bring about world peace and healing. As a wise knight traveled across the world in search of it, he lost many companions who became lost in the journey. One of those lost was a man named Zara, and he dreamed of a place where the wounds of battle were healed forever. He also dreamed of a place where one could journey once more without the fear of danger and battle. He dreamt of a place called Questland. This is the tale of a journey, the first quest of many, the quest for the treasure of the most precious gem of all, the legacy of the great kings of the great kings of old. The kingdom of Questland was ruled by King Pin of Castle Britannia. For over a century, he and his generals fought the knights of Lord Denel. He and his men would battle the knights every single year. King Pin thought of himself and his men as the kings of the land, heroes of all. Their adventures were legendary. King Pin had, an had amassed an immense wealth hundreds of thousands of silver, gold, jewels, land, and lands, leaving the kingdom with riches untold. But these riches had come with a price, a price paid for decades of battling knights. The castle of Queensland was attacked by an army of bandits. Kingpin could not save the castle, but a legendary beast was created from the blood of his fallen enemies. The beast was a gentle creature with an uncanny connection to the moon. 
the journey of Kingpin and the people of Queensland began. The journey would... I scroll. See the kingdom come to terms with a tale of a lone knight seeking peace and healing from the wounds of battle. A tale of a quest for the legacy of the great kings of old. And there you have it. That was kind of interesting, the last one, because it I thought was pretty cohesive, actually, if you think about it. Like, overall, I think it sounded pretty good. But, um, you know, it kind of just generated up until that point, and that was it. But, yeah, overall, I thought that last one was interesting. Had a lot of potential. So now my question to you, how did you enjoy the short stories? Um, do you have a prompt that you'd like me to use for the next edition? Maybe we can make this like a really, a really often and frequent recurring series where basically you feed or supply the uh, prompts. I type them in and I just read back to you what they come up with. Let me know. You can email your prompts to hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.